Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Hello! I don't know what, I know. what else I could do. Do they even say hello? She does. She answers the phone, so she goes, hello? We oui, hello. Okay. <laughs> I, always oui, wa- hello. I always mix up Quebecois French and France Parisian French. Parisian French. Yeah, Parisian yeah. French. Because I can never tell which is which. Mita, how's it going? I'm living and breathing. Excellent. Excellent, Mita. Yes, as always. Good. good How are you? I'm good. I'm also surviving and thriving. Oh, wow. Oh, I like yours better. (laughs) I think we should switch. No, you've had that one for like 60 episodes. (laughs) But I think in terms of like who we are, I'm more of a I'm surviving and thriving than you are. But I came up with it. I wrote it. Fine. You'll keep it for now. I'm going to come up with something. Just as nifty. Mita, according to our itinerary, you allegedly yes. have a question to ask me in this portion. I have a question for you. It's really weird. Okay. It popped into my mind as I was writing up our itinerary. Okay. And I don't I don't think you'll like it, but I'm gonna ask oh, you anyway. Sure. For once, you watch the TikTok, correct? Here and there, yeah. You have the TikTok. I have okay, the Nadeem, TikToks. Would you ever try watermelon with mustard on it ew (laughs) is that a thing that's a thing right now on the tiktok on the tiktok (sighs) this one person did it and then lizzo did it and now everyone's doing it and it's supposed to be good it's supposed to be good lizzo liked it lizzo was into it i'm like i kind of trust lizzo okay well you're gonna have to try it should I do it right now? No. I don't have any watermelon. Okay. <laughs> so you can't do it then. Okay, next week. That's my homework that's for next homework week. That's your homework for next week. Get to go some get watermelon some watermelon and mustard. I don't have any mustard in this house. Do you know, I can I can see how it might work. Like the spiciness and the sweetness might like kick off each other and like I could see it maybe working. But like what kind of mustard are we talking? Are we talking like They're French's yellow French's onion? yellow mustard. Like yellow not mustard? Dijon, not like a honey Dijon, not like anything like no fun, nothing fancy. Just like a yellow mustard that you put on a hot dog. Generic French's French's and not Grey Poupon. Yeah, not Grey Poupon. Huh. <laughs> but like my new thing for breakfast. Mm-hmm lately has been like we'll have like pineapple or mango because it's summertime and i'll just put like a bunch of chaat masala on it and i eat that for breakfast and oh, it's interesting mwah. for people Beautiful. who don't know chaat masala is this it's kind of like an allspice but it's a little bit more like tangy i think i'd say it's what it's like salt and pepper like no it, it's, it's not what salt and India pepper salt and pepper would be maybe yeah it, yeah but it's you know more how, like it's tangy and there's a little bit of heat but it's yeah. good it is actually really good on fruit it's excellent on fruit. Yeah. It's pretty good on everything. Eh, can be hit or miss. My dad puts it on everything. Like what? Uh, we'll just be eating st- random stuff. He'll like, put some chaat masala on it. <laughs> put chaat masala on it. Yeah. And we'll try it. And we're like, this is good. It's not bad. It does add a little. It definitely adds a kick. Yeah. But anyways, that was my question. <laughs> if you would ever try watermelon with mustard I think on I want it. you to try it next week. And we have a watermelon in the house. We're waiting for it to kind of cook. And then once we cut it, if it's... I'll try it if you recommend it. Okay, how do you know if a watermelon is good or it's not? It's supposed to be hollow. Like when you tap against it, it's when supposed to it? Sa- yeah, it's supposed to sound watery. 
Okay. That's the idea. Or I'll just buy the pre-sliced ones at Farm Boy. So expensive. But it's all the work is done for me. I know. That is very true. Yeah. I'm one person who will pay that much. You are a family of 100 right now. So. <laughs> By 100, you mean six. <laughs> yeah. There are six people six in your people. home it right does now. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to say something super quick. Hmm. Mita, I told you I started watching Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. And I finished Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. I haven't binged something like that. I don't even remember. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I have to do it. Yeah. Honestly, like, I really recommend it. And you, So when we talked about it initially before I had watched it, you said you heard it wasn't very good. I've heard mixed things. Like, there's some people who are like, I don't like this. And then there's some that like it, obviously. My thing is, though, is like when... So many people tell me to do something. I kind of don't want to do it. Mm, interesting. <laughs> you know, like so many people have always told me like, watch Game of Thrones. It's so good. Yeah. And then I'm always like, nah, or go see Avatar. It's like amazing. I've never seen Avatar yet. So <laughs> ever. I'm not going to watch it. Yet. If you put it on this list, <laughs> I will I will record the episode having not watched it. So I'll just like have this conversation. But you with do you. that as a point of pride. It's not actually because yeah. at this point you don't want to. You just are like, I haven't seen it. I'm never going to watch it now. It's just who I am. You know, there's a payoff for not watching Avatar. And you'll find out what, what it is. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But I, I, think, yeah. I think if you watch this, you will feel rewarded by it. Okay. I love Kate Winslet. And it's a murder mystery. Oh. And it is a good murder mystery. Yeah. There's enough. Like, I remember my wife and I were watching. We watched two episodes one day, three the next day, and then the last two the third day. And that was it. And we were we went to bed at night after the, the we were at episode five. So the, we watched three. And we were just sitting in bed and we're like, who did it? Like, it was just, we were both like, I just sat there for a little bit in bed. My wife was like, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like, who could have done it? It sounds like the first season of The Killing to me. Did you ever watch The Killing? No, I didn't. I hear The Killing is good, though. That first season is really good. And I, like, I similarly, that first season I was, like, addicted. Mm -hmm. And I guessed it, by the way. In the first season, they don't reveal who did it. Actually, you don't find out until the second season. Mm -hmm. But I did guess correctly. If you, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah. That's fine. No, I, I would say in this, you might guess it, but it will mm -hmm. be a guess. Do you know what I mean? Some murder mysteries, you can figure it out and you're like, oh, it's definitely this person. Yeah. This is like, it's a guess. There's a, mm -hmm. there's a list of suspects and it really could be a lot of people. And you might think you have it, but you don't. And even when you get there, you, like it, it, it's a very rewarding mystery. And there's, okay. it's not, a, it's not perfect. There are things about it that if you watch it, I'll be, I'll, I'll like, we can talk about it, but I do. Yeah. You like a good mystery. I do. You know what I watched like three times in the past week? Knives Out. Because I've been like spring cleaning and cleaning my closet in my room and yeah. stuff. Knives Out. <laughs> I know. I just said it. <laughs> it's just really easy to, to put it on on the computer and have it in the background while I'm working. Yeah. I love that family so much. <laughs> <laughs> really? They're kind of weird. I do. I think they're fascinating people. Oh. Okay. Mainly it's Chris Evans. I really love Chris Evans. Yes. You've mentioned that a few times. I just hope he listens and knows. He knows. That he's listening. You have the fan here. Yeah, in Ottawa. He's got one fan in Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> just, just one. Nobody <laughs> else likes you, Chris. Exactly. <laughs> just come to the capital for Mita. Yeah. 
But no, seriously, watch it. I think you'll be, you'll be, and I can't, I don't want to discuss it with you. I also recommend yeah. watching it sooner than later because the internet's just awful and they decide to ruin everything. That's fair too. There's just so much that's like on my list I and know. I've really fallen behind too. I'm just like not in the mood this summer. What's your movie? What 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 are you at movie wise? Oh, like nothing essentially. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm really behind right now. I think I'm at like 140. Um, so why? I just fell behind. I don't know. Like after work, like work has gotten heavier the last couple weeks, and I'm just like not in the mood to sit down and watch something new. Like I rather just like have something yeah. I know so that I don't have to focus and pay too. attention. Yeah. There's some days and where so, you like, just don't have the energy to w- watch something new. Like, invest the time and energy into something new. Exactly. And you have to do it and once so, a week for this podcast. I know. And so I do it then. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, I've just been rewatching all of the Real Housewives of whatever city I chose I that day, like reunion rest episodes. <laughs> I won't watch this the, the season, but I'll watch all of the reunions. Yeah. No, I get that. Yesterday, I was... So good. Um, my wife went to bed early, and I, I had, like, a night, and I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie. And I sat there for an hour looking for something, and I was just like, I didn't feel like watching anything. And the worst part is there's things out, like, I want to watch The Woman in the Window. Yeah. I want to watch, like, a couple of other things I've seen on Prime and on Netflix, but I'm like, do I really want to sit there for two hours? I don't have the energy and, like, right now, yeah. Focus. And the thing is, so I'm actually... I'm on season seven of Mad Men, so and I'm on episode six. I'm actually almost done. Oh my gosh! So I'll probably be. And seven is short, right? Well, it's, like it's only... four. No, it's fourteen episodes. It's oh, it's, it's 14, like one okay. episode longer. I will say that it's probably the weakest season. Mm-hmm. It should have ended, I think, a season ago, and like so much stuff happens in the season that I'm just kind of like, I'm watching it now to finish it. Essentially, yeah. like I think it kind of lost its. I think season five was one of my favorites, and then really it kind of it's really good, and it kind of. Five and six even was good too, but six Don Draper became an asshole, and like everyone I find is just becoming meaner, mm. and I don't like that. Like I think meanness for the sake of meanness is kind of. Unearned. I've told you three is my favorite, and three is really good. Like I do find yeah. that eventually it really picks up, but yeah. it's kind of ending, and I'm just kind of like blah about it. I do. I I don't know if I told you I like the ending of Mad Men, but I know that it's a very divisive ending. Some people don't really like it. I'll let you know in eight episodes. Okay. Probably next week then. Possibly next week, yeah. Yeah. But that's for next week, Mita. We, we, we. This week, we watched a Nadim movie. (laughs) We did. We did. Nadim, this week you chose the French film Elle. Elle. (laughs) Elle, which means her or she. Or she. (laughs) Her, she. Her, she. Her, she chocolate. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Mita, do you want to give us a quick IMDb breakdown? I will. So Elle is about a successful businesswoman who gets caught up in a game of cat and mouse as she tracks down the unknown man who raped her. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Sure. Nadim, do you want to tell us a little bit why you chose Elle for me? Yeah. Oh, my God. What to say about Elle, Mita? <laughs> now that... It's for the way you look <laughs> at me. Elle is. I've never seen a movie like Elle. I've never seen one before L, and I haven't seen one after L. It is wildly unpredictable. It's kind of like nothing you've ever seen before, and it's hard to it's hard to kind of talk about L without talking about the spoilers because there's a lot that goes on in this movie. So I do advise a I advise you to see it because it is fascinating. But this review is going to be full of spoilers because it's kind of impossible to talk about this film without talking about what goes on in it. Mm-hmm. But Elle is such a fascinating film. I saw it when it first came out in 2000, 
16. 16. So I saw it in 2017, I remember, and I have never forgotten about it. I remember the experience. I remember seeing it with my wife. And I remember just being completely flabbergasted at watching this movie unfold. It's like two hours and ten minutes. And so much happens in that time frame. This is a real... It's a, it's a real bang for your buck in terms of a movie. A lot happens. And this is a movie that, like, love it or hate it, it is worth a discussion. It is worth talking mm-hmm. about. There's so much to actually have an opinion about. And so I just think... I think everyone should watch Elle. You might hate it because it's not a movie for everybody, but it is a movie to watch and discuss. So I have two questions to ask you. Oh, okay. One, did you read uh-huh. anything about it before watching it? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to answer them? Yeah, or yeah. No, no, no. Both? I want you to ask. Oh, uh, okay. I did not read anything. I knew about Elle okay. from 2016. Because um, it was in the conversation, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I knew the general idea about an elder, elderly or older woman. Mm. I wouldn't say she's elderly. She's fully capable. She's like 60, though. Yeah. So, but she's older. She's older, but she's yeah. she's not elderly. No, she's like, not. Elderly yeah. to me is like she needs a cane. Cane, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which she needs later in the movie. But yeah. <laughs> um, she's an older woman who is raped. And that's all I really knew about it. I didn't know any more of this like cat and mouse mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah. So I, I decided to go into this blindly. What was your second question? What did you think? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have two points that I really want yeah. to make here. One of which I think you're... It'll be an interesting conversation yeah. for us. But this movie, the entire time, I did not know what was going to happen next. Yeah, I was always... Like, in my mind, thinking of, like, oh, like, maybe this will happen or this is going to happen. Or, like, what is she doing now? Or what is she, is she planning this? Like, who is she? Yeah. Who is this woman? Who is Elle? Elle is who? Yeah. And it is so good. Yeah, it is so good. Yeah. I am <laughs> so upset I have not watched this before. Because, like, every moment you're guessing and it's not even, like, you're mad at yourself about it. You are so intrigued and so compelled to like hear the story out for what it is. And there are a lot of subjects in this that are very divisive and like could create a lot of like rumble for people. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't agree with this at all. But at the same time, you can't help but keep watching it because you want to know what's happening Mm -hmm. next, even though you don't know what's going to happen. Like, there's this other shock and awe like within me from watching this whole thing. And which leads me to my second question. Do we think yeah. that maybe Isabel Hubel should have Emma Stone's Oscar? For La La Land? Mm-hmm. Mm. So this stars, yeah. for our listeners, this stars French actress uh, Isabella Huppert and was directed by Mr. Showgirls, oh my God. Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> that was like the other thing in my notes. It's like, why didn't he do this with Showgirls? I'm right? Yeah. I was so surprised because when... I remember hearing the hubbub and being and everyone being like, you kind of have to see this movie and being like, the guy who made Showgirls made this? And yeah. then watching it and being like, the guy who made Showgirls made this? It's ridiculous how, like, comparatively when we talk about Showgirls yeah. and we talk about this, like, and the fact that Showgirls is so misogynistic and so yeah. sexist and, like, I mean, those two things mean the same thing. But, like, it's just so against female empowerment. And yeah. this is so much about it and has such a really strong and powerful female character. Yeah. It's baffling. <laughs> she is exquisite in this, though. So good. She's so good. Yeah. And I don't know if she deserves Emma Stone's Oscar or if they co-deserve it together. 
And I know I'm Can like super, but I've never heard of an Oscar tying actually. Oh, I think they have. Pro- I can't probably. Who. And I think it's ha- one time in the like 70 year history it's happened for sure. I think it's Barbara Streisand and someone. Really? Babs? Yeah. I don't know. Look, I know I have a bias for La La Land and I do love La La Land. I do think though that what Emma Stone does with La La Land, I think this is this is an example of, I think the screenplay for Elle is phenomenal. And I think... Michelle, the character that Isabella Huppert plays, is so complex and so interesting and it's so unpredictable that it makes, it almost makes Isabella's job easy. And, do, and no, I'm not saying it's like an easy performance, but do you know what I mean? It almost makes it a little bit like... But I think that's her just being so effortless. Maybe, I don't yeah, think... For yeah. sure. I can't imagine reading this and I'm not an actor, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or am I? Mm. I can't imagine reading this script and thinking, I know how I'm going to play this. I know what to do. I know how to make an audience feel sympathy for me and at the same time revel in how terrible of a person I can be. So this movie is so complex and it's so interesting to talk about because the movie opens up on this extremely graphic rape scene. And that's the first thing you see is Isabella Huppert at the end of her being raped, essentially, and her assailant leaves. And then the movie just starts to move in a, in a way that you realize, oh, I have no idea what I'm about to watch. Yeah. So be, just to lay out the sequence, she gets raped. She recovers from it and she starts to clean up her apartment. She takes a bath and then she orders sushi. <laughs> and then her son comes over and they have sushi and they talk about how he has an apartment and she doesn't like his girlfriend. She doesn't mention the rape. She doesn't call the police. He's going to work at McDonald's. Yeah. It just and the movie just kind of continues. And then eventually she has dinner with some friends and her ex-husband. And casually before they have champagne, she says, by the way, I was raped in my home. Did you go to the police? Well, what's the point of doing that? You have no idea where this movie is going. But as you're watching it, you learn why she mistrusts the police, why she wouldn't want to reveal those things about herself and why she's so guarded as a character. Mm -hmm. And it's really smart. It's smart to not let us know that from the beginning. I think like in a lesser written, a poorly written script, it would have shown us kind of like her history or her past to begin with. And then what led up to this, where it's like you're left guessing the entire time. And there's a scene where she has a bunch of people over for Christmas dinner and- The whole, I, watching, I'm wondering how you felt, because watching it, I was like, oh my god, this is when she's going to break. This is when she's going to go crazy on everyone, and it's going to be like a mass murder at this Christmas dinner. (laughs) Like, that's when I legit thought what was happening, and with everything with, like, her father's history, that's what I thought we were leading up to, of, like, this woman's demise. What does it take for a woman to crack? But that's not what the movie is. No, (laughs) it isn't. (laughs) But it totally could have gone that way. And I think what this movie does, and I only realized this maybe after this viewing, because I didn't realize this the first time, the movie starts off with a rape because we I think we pity sexual assault victims the most. And I don't mean pity in terms of like, I think we, we have a, an emotional affinity towards them. We feel bad for them. They've been wrong. They've been violated in such a like obscene way. In many ways, you could argue that when you, you watch a character on screen and they've been sexually they've been sexually assaulted or murdered, you almost feel worse for the person who was sexually assaulted. You're so your your emotional feeling towards them is very strong, mm-hmm. and so the expectation is you're going to feel bad for this woman, but she is a bitch, and she yeah. builds her character, and you start to realize this is an awful woman, and she's continuously doing some really questionable things, and saying questionable things. And as the movie progresses, you realize, I don't pity her. 
I don't feel bad for her, but I also recognize that she shouldn't have gone through what she had to go through. Like it's it it unravels some real questions about I think for me the biggest thing it did and I'll stop talking so you can talk in a minute. But <laughs> the biggest thing for me it did and I I mean this is that I think whenever I I have never been sexually assaulted myself, so my my understanding of what victims go through is very limited limited and i it's what i see in like film and television and often what we see of sexual assault survivors especially imminently after they've gone through something is you know they hit depression they feel very bad they're scared there are a gamut of things a gamut of very understandable things and here's someone who's going doing sorry not going through but she's doing the exact opposite of everything you expect her to do but as you're watching it you're kind of like but i guess so to that point i think if any, every, I think it's saying more to the fact that everybody's experience is different. Yes. And like, because we learn about her past. So we learn that when she was 10 years old, her father was, would you say he was a religious zealot? Like he just was yeah. very religious. Um, and an people within, yeah, an extremist. And he used to draw crosses on children's faces from their neighborhood. And some of their neighbors got very upset with him by doing that. And one evening, he went around to all of his neighbors' houses on his street and he murdered them yeah. one by one. And then he began to burn down his house and he got... Michelle. I want to call her Elle. Her name is Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> he got Michelle to help him burn down the house and she was discovered at 10 years old, just like covered in the ashes of all the, the, the fires. And we learned that he's been in prison ever since then, since she was 10 years old and now she's in her 60s. Um, and he's up for parole, which like, why is that person up for parole? But anyways, we learned that she's gone through this trauma. People obviously have known her throughout her whole life. People have like spat on her, have ridiculed her when they see her on the street, said terrible things. And if you're if any person is going to have the reaction that this character has, it's this person. Yeah. And I think it's to show like, yes, you might think that if this were to happen to you, you would curl up into a ball and you would cry yourself to sleep every night and you wouldn't be able to do anything. But that's not the case. And I love that it's showing this different kind of introspection on it because there's so many people who think like, that's not right. That's not how mm -hmm. she should be behaving. But like, who are you to yes, say that? Exactly. And I think for me, that's exactly what it was that I was like, it really opened my eyes, I think, to the way people deal with trauma and how they're how we expect them to behave and how they might choose to behave to yeah. her, to this woman. And obviously this rape affects her. She ends up playing a cat and mouse game with the, with the person who rapes her. Oh, and it's so good. And we'll get to that. Cause that's, <laughs> that's, it gets weird. So she ends up playing this cat and mouse game with this, with her, her rapist. So clearly it has affected her. She's not ignoring it, but she's not scared and she's not, this is a powerful woman who runs a video game company, which I love the subtle thing that she's in this extremely male-dominated field, and she's yeah. this older woman who is running the, like up against a bunch of misogynists, essentially. Yeah. It's such a subtle little thing. It's so great. but And she continues on with her day, and her mother is <laughs> old and has this <laughs> young gigolo bo like, boyfriend and may or may not have AIDS and we don't know. Like, it's there's so many things that just come up from this. HIV. She's HIV, HIV positive. positive. Well, is <laughs> <Yeah>. she? <laughs> is she? Who knows? Because <laughs> she makes the joke and we don't know if it's true or not. I don't think it's true based on the fact that she told the, her lover She's going to tell, tell, tell you tell you that. that. Yeah. She's going to tell you that. But as well as this being such a dark movie. It's this so is also, funny. There's some really good comedic moments in there. Before we get to the real 
I think, controversial portion about this. I want to talk about my okay. favorite scene because this was yeah. the most unpredictable thing to me was her son has a girlfriend who's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And the girlfriend eventually gives birth. Mm-hmm. These are all white characters, by the way. And the baby yeah. turns out to be black. <laughs> and you're kind of just... the second, the second they see the baby, she turns to her son and goes, "We're gonna need to get a DNA test." And the son is such an idiot. He's still, and the son's just totally aloof. Yeah. He's just like, "No, I'm this baby's father," and it's like, "But you're not." Meanwhile, the son's best friend is black. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's full of these like about turns where you think the movie is going somewhere, and it's just subtly digging and being like, "We're just gonna make the baby black." Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> But I think there's one thing about this movie that a lot of people either don't understand or don't want to talk about or despise. And that's the fact that we find out quite early on, actually, who the rapist is. And one thing I read about this movie, and I loved it, is that this movie is so unpredictable, except who the rapist is. I wouldn't say that it's that... Wait, it's... Oh, yeah. Okay, I agree with that statement. I thought you said that. Yeah. I I I do agree with that. I kind of guessed him from the start. It was the first thing you kind (laughs) of guessed. It ends up being her neighbor, who is this kind of tall, dark, and handsome man who she has this sexual chemistry with. And she's attracted to him before she realizes that he's the one who's raped her. But then she knows. And he knows that she knows. And we know that they know. That they know that we know. That we know. <laughs> and it's just a happy episode of Friends. <laughs> but then <laughs> it's she... the one with the rape. <laughs> <laughs> but then she begins this weird sexual relationship with her just like rapist. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little basic instinct. How do you feel about this, Mita? I like hated it and loved it all at the same time. <laughs> I So at one point in the movie, she gets into a car accident and she's starting to call a bunch of yeah. people to come help her because she's been in this car accident and she is visibly hurt. And at this point, she knows that her neighbor is her rapist. Yeah. Like she revealed his ass. She saw it with him. She knows it. And she calls him to come help her out of this car accident. I I'm still baffled by this idea. Granted, he's not the first person she calls. No, but but at some, would you not then? Okay, like all these people I know aren't available. Let me call nine one one. Here's the thing, and this is what I love about this movie. That even while I was watching it, I was just like, "Is he gonna be?" I think he's like the third person she calls, and he comes. Yeah. And part of me is just like, you know, in any other movie, I would say this would never happen. But in this movie, I'm like, I could see this woman doing this. I completely believe it up until this point. That was the one point where I was like, really? Like, you're not even going to call 911 to help you with your bloody leg? (laughs) Like, you got a huge gash in it. But clearly she has a thing about emergency specials. She likes being hurt. She's definitely... She likes to be hurt. Yeah, she's masochistic for sure. She, She... has a sexual relationship with her rapist after she finds out he raped her. So this is what I, I've interpreted as she realizes that this is her rapist. And so everything after that was very calculated on her part. And she knew she can have it lead up to something where she like get enacts revenge onto him. So you think that sequence where they have sex in the basement, that was her part of her plan? Yes. Okay. I think she wanted she she is all about power and control uh-huh. and it, she knows that if she allows him to do this she's going to have the control because she's allowing it. It's not forced upon her. It's not a surprise to her anymore. She knows what's happening. Yes, it's rough and it's going to hurt, but it's 
it's her control over the entire situation. And I think she knew if she allowed him to do these things, she could put him in a situation where she could set him up. Because if you want to explain the ending of the movie, all right, go for it. Well, do you want to explain the ending? I kind of half agree with what you're saying, because I do think that that sex scene is her controlling the situation. Mm-hmm. Like she's very aware of what she's doing and she's she's playing the cards. I don't think that was her intention. So at the end essentially she 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 started this sexual relationship with him and she eventually realizes it's kind of disgusting and twisted. Yeah. And she wants to end it. But <laughs> that's hard to explain. But he essentially gets off on the force. That's what yeah. that's what the arousal is for him. He likes the force. That's what he does. So when they have this sexual relationship um, the neighbor and Michelle at one point she's consenting to it and he says out loud it doesn't work that way yeah I don't like it I don't way. like it this way and yeah. then she hits him he hits her back and then they proceed to have this very rough sex so they kind of have this strange dynamic of consented non-consent yeah uh, which is like a thing. Which is I a watch thing, Law yeah. Order SVU. <laughs> it is a thing. I've heard about it. There are yeah. like so many cold opens where there's it's like a couple fake faking a rape. Yeah. And then they hear something and like there's an actual rape happening downstairs. That's an <laughs> SVU trope. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very SVU, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so at the end she essentially says this and he thinks that she's playing the part, mm-hmm. but she's laid this trap essentially to have her son come home, find her being attacked. And have her son kill the neighbor. And he kills him good. And he kills him good. He finally does something yeah. good. He is finally a man. Yeah, that's the point of it. Uh, I I don't I don't believe that. I think she believes that. I, I, I think uh, well, I think she also does it for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think she's in control of everything. Yeah. And she wanted her son to have a moment. Yeah. To like finally grow up and I'm using air quotes. Be a man, man yeah. up. Yeah. And so he has control of a situation that he gets to bash the man who's raping his his mom. Yeah. In the head, yeah, yeah. It's this is messed it's, up, and I love it's it. It's so messed up. It's <laughs> so messed so up. Good. And what I'm, so, I'm not gonna lie, I part of me was hoping you wouldn't like this. Why? <laughs> I wanted to. I think you could have such a great conversation with someone who doesn't like this. Fair. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I so. Like, I think I was like, part of me was just like, either you'll love this or you'll, you'll hate this. I don't think there's any middle ground to this. I don't think no. the people who have watched this are like, yeah, it's a. This is not how you would describe an okay movie. These are not okay themes it's not okay scenes they are scenes that you're like super invested in and then you watch them and you're like what am i experiencing you've never experienced something like this no you you really haven't and there's so many twists and turns and one of the things i i love about this like further from that ending of her her son murders her rapist Mm -hmm. slash neighbor lover but at the end she goes across the street to see her neighbor lover's wife and the neighbor lover's wife essentially fully admits she knew what that they were having some sort of an affair. Yeah. And she just says, like, essentially, she says, thank you. Um, For giving you him. took care yeah. of his needs in a way that I could never take care of them. Because his wife is and, very religious. And yes. I guess the assumption is that she, her sex is very, like, vanilla and narrow-minded. Yeah. And that's when I was like, women have all the power. <laughs> this is such a it, this is such an interesting film. So one thing I actually wanted to talk to you about is that so this is based on a book. The book is called O O H. Mm-hmm. Written by a man, screenplay by a man, directed by a man. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Like so impressed and so proud. <laughs> like, good job, guys. Like, pat on the back. Did you have a woman helping you? Um <laughs> No, that's a good question, right? Yeah. Because I, 
as much as I don't, I don't think I'm like Michelle. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> She's crazy, Mita. She's crazy. Yeah. But as a as a woman, I can understand. I can understand her. I can say like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I totally get where you're coming from when you learn about her history and her background. I think that's really the thing that stands out to me the most about this is that they didn't just make it that she's crazy. She's wild. Yeah. She's like, they give you this backstory to like explain mm-hmm. why is she the way she is. And it's well thought out. And I think I feel like this role could have been uh, obviously like, with rape, the sub- that subject matter, it would have been different. But this could have been a-, a male character, too. Oh, I don't think it would be as half as interesting with a male character. I don't think it would be interesting, but that's just because of the way that women have always been played out. You think that because she's playing, like, the strong kind of anti-hero? I think we're used to seeing the damsel. We're used mm. to seeing, you know, we aren't used to seeing women carrying themselves in this way and being that strong lead and being... I mean, she's psychotic in a lot of ways, yeah. and oh, we're yeah. not she's used unhinged. to seeing women like that. Or when we do see them psychotic like this, we see them like Eileen Warnos, who is ugly, and Charlize Theron without a good tan. Like, yeah. I think me- the media and, like, obviously women in real life are presentable like this, but I think what we're used to as an audience is very different, and I think it's it's so good. I love this movie so much. So how does she differ from, let's say, Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction? Oh, it's the curly hair. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is it. Because you know what? Michelle's not going to be ignored either. Michelle's not going to be ignored, but Michelle is calculated enough and controlled enough in her own, like how she knows how she's coming off when she's mm-hmm. presenting herself. She is able to control herself in a way that she could, she, if it was Michelle in Fatal Attraction and not, Al- Al- Alex? Alex. Alex. Michelle would have gotten Michael Douglas at the end of the movie. Alex wouldn't. Oh, well, didn't. Didn't. Alex she died. didn't. She died. <laughs> yeah. She died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I also think is, is interesting is that Alex Forrest, Glenn Close, is actually crazy. Like her, how she pursues it. And Glenn how she... Close is not crazy. Alex Forrest. Sorry. <laughs> yes. The character in Fatal Attraction is crazy. I don't think, I know we say it and we joke about it, but Michelle is just, she's, She's a type of person, but she's not crazy. No. She's actually very methodical and very intelligent. And like, you might not agree with her decisions, but you see the logic behind what she's doing all the time. I think she's a psychopath. I think she's more like of a, a sociopath. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. A functioning sociopath. Yeah. I think that's what it is. She's not a psychopath. She's very smart. And I think there is some yeah. empathy in her, but there is some, there, she is also kind of like a little detached from it as well. And that's mm-hmm. likely because of her childhood experiences. Yeah. Did you know this was actually meant to be made in America? Oh, it would have been terrible. Do you know what actresses were approached? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Who I think could do it. Apparently, it was like Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore. Um, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Jennifer I think, J- was one of them. And she could have done she it, She could have done it, too. Yeah. But there's a bunch of them that were approached. And apparently, they one just came back and said, absolutely not. Because... Watching this, you're like, oh, this is so European. It's so European, like, yeah. No way you would have this in an American film. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it could work. And I European, no offense, as we are American. We are American. North we're North American. Um, we're not as evolved as Europeans. <laughs> no. And I can see a no. lot of people really hating this, actually. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, well, 
Did a lot of Europeans hate this too when it came out? No, this was this premiered at Cannes. Okay. When it premiered at Cannes, apparently had a seven minute standing ovation. A lot of people called it the highlight of the festival. Like it's set minute. Yeah, that's a long time to stand there and clap. Uh, oui. <laughs> but it was a, it was a big deal. It has a very high rating on Metacritic. There are surprisingly not as many naysayers for this movie. That's really interesting because yeah. I would have thought, and like subject matter as well. Was it nominated for best foreign? No. There Picture well, there no. is a lot of like the foreign category has like a lot of rules. So it won best foreign film at the Golden Globes, and it won Best Actress yeah. at the Golden Globes. But Foreign Picture at the Oscar has a lot of, like, specific things, like like if France submitted it, then the money needs to come from France, and, like, the studios uh, would distribute. Like, there's, a, there's, like, very set rules, and it just didn't, it didn't qualify, was the problem. Yeah. So it didn't even get nominated. But it was, it was a big film. It was very well-liked, and Isabella Huppert refused her only Oscar nomination, likely what will only be her only Oscar nomination, because I don't, I think she's kind of, like, on her way out. Based on like her age. Age, that sucks because she is quite good. She's quite good. What like phenomenal one might say <laughs> in this movie. The big the naysayers they say though that this is yeah. men creating a rape fantasy. But it's not though. Yeah. It's not. She has all the power. All like oh that makes me really mad if they say that. But what about the idea <laughs> that she is. She's a rape victim who then again yeah. pursues a sexual relationship with her rapist. There's a Stockholm syndrome like thing going on there. Yeah. Like even even well, as a fan of this movie, I'm kind I like I'm even as a fan of this movie who can like appreciate the characters' motives and all of that, I do wonder how like realistic that portion of it is. But again, it goes back to looking at her character's mm-hmm. history. Her father, the ma- the first man in your life that you essentially love, mm-hmm. well, you should love your father, <laughs> the first man that you love committed a heinous crime and she was right by his side as he did so. Mm-hmm. That is going to have effects on you on how you see men, how you see relationships, mm-hmm. how you react in the world. And I think... Again, they were very smart with this. Mm-hmm. They didn't just choose some, you know, this one French woman who's never had any sort of history to kind of have her go yeah. through this route of playing this cat and mouse game. Like, it's somebody who, like, you would honestly believe that that would be something. I only took first year psych, and I can tell <laughs> you that this makes sense. Like, this, you know? Like, I, I think that those people... The critics of this want to just pigeonhole women into being damsels. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think they want women to always want um, a man's help um, and to not be able to think of anything on their own. And that's disgusting. (laughs) I do think that the whole notion that like there's not one way to look at trauma and to look at sexual assault and to look at those things is it's very eye-opening in a way. And I do, I, I've said it in another podcast that oftentimes rape is the one thing you can't joke about. And somehow this movie is like darkly funny. It's yeah. very lighthearted too. It in is. a weird way. Like a, yeah, A gentle yeah. like feeling to it. It's, well, because you have the storyline of she's having an affair with her, her best friends, um, par- business partners, yeah. best friends, husband, yeah. She still is like wants to be involved with her ex husband, yeah. who the, oh there was I don't know why they didn't touch more on this, but he I guess her ex husband and her are divorced because he once hit her. Yes, but then that was it. That's all we ever learned about it. But I think isn't that enough to be like he hit her once and she's like that's that bye. 
she was like, but why wouldn't she play a cat and mouse game with him and try to get him arrested? No. I I get, but they also have a child I together, right? I guess she really right? loved him. Yeah. Yeah. And they did have like a... Her son is a piece of work and he needs to really work on himself. <laughs> yeah. He's he's kind yeah. of a terror. And, and uh, But again, she makes a comment to the nurse at the hospital. It's like this big lout who's not, who's like, what? how does she say it? She says something great in the subtitle. She calls him unspectacular or unremarkable. Yeah. <laughs> this big lout who's unremarkable. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a great way to describe your kids. It's just yes. such, it, it's so frank at times when you don't expect it to be on it. When you don't expect that kind of honesty from things. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that for her to, that yes, she had experienced this trauma, but a truth of someone somewhere is that maybe they are turned on. And that's not to say that's everyone experience, that's everyone's experience or anybody's experience. Yeah. But the truth is, is that it could be someone's experience because everyone's experience is different. On top of being raped, she's continuously experiencing more trauma. Yeah. Because at work, she is then sexually like harassed yes. because they create a video game image of her being raped. Mm-hmm. Her mother dies. Yeah. Her father dies. Like she's still like living yeah. life and all these things are happening and it's building up upon her. But she never is a victim. No. Not at any point in this movie is this woman who, in theory, and in any other movie would have been played as, like, a big victim. She's never victimized. No. And that's kind of phenomenal. Right. I love it. Yeah. Watch L. Yeah. <laughs> do you have uh, yeah. sequel prequel ideas? I so do. many. So in... <laughs> no, I have one really big one mm-hmm. that I would love to see. So in the movie itself, they have like a true crime documentary about her father. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I would really like the full documentary mm. to be made the so HBO I could special. watch it. Yeah, and learn about it because I also like who came up with that idea? Mm. I've never heard of something like that. Someone going door to door and killing his neighbor. It also like, feels European. That also feels European. It yeah. does feel, yeah, that's maybe why I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I I would really like to see that that play out mm-hmm. and what that documentary yeah. was. One. Oh, and then what's happening to the baby? Lucien. <laughs> yeah, Lucien. Black baby. <laughs> Lucien in his yellow room. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I just want to talk about before we get to ratings quickly yeah. as we end the show is this past weekend the BAFTA TV BAFTAs happened and mm-hmm. that HBO show I May Destroy You which is yes. about uh, it's like a 13-14 part series about a woman um, who is raped and how she kind of deals with her trauma and overall the, the show is about how people different people deal with A. how sexual her, her assault looks and how people deal with that trauma and it's very interesting and a lot of people have called it you know, a masterpiece and it's amazing. It has not aged well in my mind, I find. Yeah. And I find, like, even before watching this, I was kind of like, I I, I, I I, don't know if it just didn't connect with me. And I didn't feel the, I get what it's trying to say. There's a lot of stuff I didn't really like about the show. It is well acted, well written, all of that. But overall, the show, I find a little lackluster. And then there's something like this that I find takes such a, a different approach to talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. And I wish we had more of this than that. More of this, yeah. I never finished that, so I can't really speak to it. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Clearly you didn't like it enough to continue like it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. But I do think that this is really... Like, this really builds the conversation. And I, 
I know how I think we have different opinions on promising young women. Yeah. But I do think that that's a really interesting perspective of looking at that those conversations as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there should be more th- movies like more movies and more TV shows that brace the subject matter of rape like this. And then we also still need our Law and Order SVUs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that's what makes the world go round. Yeah. I just think yeah. this is a great this is a great conversation. I, I agree with you that there's different ways to have the conversation. For me, it's nice to see it done in a in a very unexpected way because until I'd seen this in 2017, this yes. wasn't how, this wasn't the conversation that I was even having. But having seen mm-hmm. this, it was it was really good to be like, hey, there's a whole other world out there that we're not mm-hmm. really talking about. And I'm just gonna say it. I think she should have Emma Stone's Oscar. I know that's what you think. Yeah, it's complicated for me, Mita. Emma Stone one has like plenty of chances in yeah, her lifetime. It's true, yeah. And I hope that when I'm looking at Emma Stone's career in terms of like, I don't know, like she was like 20. So like 40 years from now, there will be better. There will be more standouts than La La Land, I think. Maybe. To be quite honest, she was excellent in The Favourite, too. Yes. I think she's better in The Favourite than she is in La La Land. She's really good in The Favourite. But again, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the role itself. She wouldn't have gotten the favorite if it wasn't for La La Land. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm going to go into my rating, and then we'll go into your rating. Okay. I, like, I I honestly, like, I really enjoy this movie. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. But it honestly is such a great conversation starter. You really, you really just have to see it to experience it. Because we have spoiled a lot. There's still stuff in here. That we missed out. That we missed out on. That we didn't talk about everything. It's unexpected. It's surprising. It's it's just it's a lot. It's and I well this is kind of an erotic thriller. There, oh yeah, it's definitely very erotic. It's very, very it's very sexual. By the way, there's all like you can tell it's Paul Verhoeven, but you can't tell it's Paul. Yeah, Verhoeven. it's kind. Of, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, let's just talk about Paul Verhoeven. This is most most definitely his finest film. Mm-hmm. This is an adult version of like Showgirls and Basic Instinct and like all those a mature a mature version of all those things. <laughs> He's actually he's telling a really interesting story about really interesting people. And this is not an easy movie to make. So, like, honestly, hats off to him. This is a really, really it's a really good movie. And I really do highly recommend it. While I did hope you wouldn't like it. So the conversation would be good. (laughs) I am really glad that you did enjoy it because I, I, I just think like more people should be watching movies like this. And also, when you open your eyes to foreign films, you have no idea what you can experience. There's so much, and this is just like the tip of the iceberg. This like th- this is a movie that so many people can see and appreciate, but you're just you hide away from it because it's a foreign film, and you just you have no idea what you're missing. Yeah, you have no idea what you're missing, and so I give this movie four stars. Your turn. I had a point I was gonna make, but now I can't remember okay. it. I'll figure I'll it out later. Back. Um, but for my rating, <laughs> uh, like I said, I didn't know what I was getting into. I just had this general idea. Of, this was about an older woman who was raped, mm-hmm. and so I thought it was gonna be like her trauma and what she experienced, <laughs> yeah. and like, and and essentially, it is about those things. It's just not in the way that you would expect her to experience them, yeah. and it is so much better than anything I ever could have imagined. Yeah. I I I think that's the thing that really like sparks the joy out of me the most of this is like I wouldn't have thought of this I wouldn't think let's do this sort of like cat mouse kind of character let's show an audience you know this 
I want to say psychotic, but she's not. Let's show this sociopath yeah. to kind of go through the motions of what it's like to be sexually assaulted, to still have to go to work every day, to be a mother, to be a girlfriend, to, you know, have some sexy erotic times, like to be a woman, <laughs> essentially, to be a person. To have mixed feelings about that experience, too, ultimately. Yeah, to... To go your day in day life mm-hmm. and not and do it in a way that you wouldn't expect her to and to be able to do that really successfully. I fully commend everybody who worked on this movie. I think it is excellent. My one qualm with it is there are some things that I just felt like, did we really need them? Like, were they necessary? Like, was Richard necessary? Was the affair with her best friend's husband really necessary? And so I kind of like want to nitpick on those things a little bit. But I was a little skeptical when you picked this. Really? I was like, oh, I don't want to watch a French movie. (laughs) (laughs) Jules and Jim. Yeah. I had a terrible experience with Jules and Jim. It was so existential. It was just like too much for me. But this was not that at all. Mm. This is so easy to watch. And it's easy, but it's so thrilling at the same time. And it's just really just the definition of the word effortless. Because at no point did I think I'm watching a movie. I I kept thinking I'm watching Michelle's life. And I really, really liked it. (laughs) I sound like a little kid. (laughs) I really, really liked it. And I want to give it four and a half stars. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm glad too. I really liked it. I don't know if I said that already. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I I feel like I almost I up, I upended your expectation of what I was going to pick for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous. I was just like French. <laughs> but you know what this and I, I like there's just I honestly I could gush about this film so much and I've watched it a few times over the years and it just always comes back to being like it's so it's a weird to say, but it's a fun movie. It is. Fun. That's like, uh, yeah, this movie is so many things. It's not just one thing. Yeah. And I, that's what I love about a movie is when you can feel sad, you can feel happy, you can feel mis- like intrigued, mm-hmm. you can want to follow this mystery and see what's going to happen. It's all the motions in one and it's, yeah. uh, it's done excellent, excellently. Excellently. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Oh, good job, Paul excellent. Verhoeven. Seriously, Paul Verhoeven. You suddenly egg become salad. egg salad, but mm-hmm. on to the next meet, though. Yeah. Are you ready? Are we ready to <laughs> Four play? Four different characters. Same, same world. world. I feel like you keep on slowing down more and more. Because I'm waiting <laughs> to see your move. Oh, move the, so we there's can that match weird up. delay. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll get it. <laughs> we'll get it one day. Okay. Okay. Nadim, are you ready? Hold on. Let me get my timer out is it heavyweights no it's not heavyweights okay so uh for your next movie Uh nadim i've picked all three are actors that are in the movie so no producers no directors none of that business all actors okay so your characters are sherlock holmes laura croft okay and lane price Am I watching The Tourist? And, well, I haven't started the timer okay. yet. And your timer starts now. Is it The Tourist? No. Okay. So, Angelina Jolie or no. Alicia Vikander? Yes. Okay, Alicia Vikander. Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr.? Mm-mm. Benedict Cumberbatch? Mm-mm. Alicia Vikander. I forget 
Jared Harris. Yeah. Lane Price. Who else has played Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes? I feel like I've seen a lot of Alicia Vikander. 30 seconds. Have I not seen? I've seen Ex Machina. I've seen The Danish Girl. I've seen yeah. Laura, Laura Croft. Uh-huh. I haven't seen Gloria. You've seen Laura Croft? Oh, I haven't seen Laura Croft, but I know it's oh, not yeah. Laura Croft. Is it The Glorias? Yeah. No. 10 seconds. Is, uh, I've seen the other one with Michael Fassbender. The Light Between the Oceans. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, your is done. So, do you want to know who the um, who Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes is? Yeah. It's the most recent Sherlock Holmes. It's Henry Cavill in Enola Holmes. Oh, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to go there. Do you know what you're watching now? Am I watching? Henry Cavill. I'm watching The Man from U.N.C.L.E.? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm so excited for you. Good. Okay. The Man from U.N.C.L.E. Okay. Directed by Guy Ritchie. Okay. I purposely didn't pick an Army Hammer character. <laughs> 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 Which we'll have so much to talk about next week. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I thought Michelle Dougherty was in this. She's in The Gentleman. She's in The Gentleman. She's not in this. The yeah. other one who I would have loved to use, but I, I guess it says so much about her, is Elizabeth Debicki. <laughs> but I was like, I could either do Princess Diana or like Virginia Woolf. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't think you would have well, gone. Well, Virginia Woolf, I would have gone with Nicole Kidman and then not oh, known. Yeah. Okay, good one. But yeah. Good choice. <laughs> I'm excited. There you go. I feel, you know what I'm super impressed with, Mita? We have a wide yeah. variety of movies going on here. We really do. I'm, I'm impressed with I'm this. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's for next week, The Man from Uncle. Before we get there, yeah. Mita, yes. some choice words. I do. I'm here to spit in my father's face. Oh, also, I just want to say, the subtitles in this yeah. are great. Like they really do. I hope they're. I hope. Legit. I hope that's exactly what she's saying because they're so good. Yeah. The dialogue is so great. There's some good lines in yeah. that. Uh, like carpooling is hip. <laughs> There's a few. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and rate and review. And we will see you next week for the man from U N C L E. Ali. Have a lovely week, friends. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.